discussion about language delves deeply into the history, politics, identities, imagination, and aspiration of a people. Language and identity issues are always very volatile. This is why the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, UNESCO, put in place charters to safeguard languages of the world. There is even greater focus on especially the so-called minority languages. In recognition of the importance of the mother tongue, UNESCO in 1999 declared February 21 of every year as International Mother Tongue Day. To underscore the importance attached to indigenous languages in Nigeria, the National Policy and Education, NPE, the 2004 version of the NPE in recognition of the importance of language states that government appreciates the importance of language as a means of promoting social interaction and national cohesion and preserving cultures. Thus, every child shall learn the language of the immediate community. Furthermore, in the interest of national unity, it is expedient that every child shall be required to learn one of the three Nigerian languages, Hausa, Igbo, and Yoruba. However, in spite of this policy, the English language is exclusively taught as a subject at all levels. Indigenous languages, on the other hand, largely suffer neglect and are mostly restricted to their domains or regions of use. There is equally minimal academic focus on many a Nigerian language group or groupings. In fact, all of the indigenous Nigerian languages, only three have been recognized to be taught within the school system. Findings reveal that mother tongue education policies in ex-colonial nations often represent two main types of struggles, one against linguistic colonialism and the other against the domination of ethnic and language minorities by the larger ethnic groups. The most important role of the mother tongue in any society is the enculturation of its citizens within the culture of its society. So far, even though English is the official language of Nigerians, it is doubtful whether any Nigerian yet acquires it as a mother tongue. It is an undeniable fact that majority of the indigenous languages are endangered. Some face a threat of extinction and may be lost within a short period if nothing is done to reverse the trend. Because of this, Nasco Moments Radio Show has invited Dr. Ehoma Akinremi, Head Department of Linguistics and Nigerian Languages, University of Jos. Dr. Ehoma Akinremi will hopefully shed more light on the subject and elaborate on how we may collectively work to rescue our different mother tongues as Nigerians and thereby prevent the extinction of indigenous languages. Stay glued to the Nasco Moments Radio Show. We'll be back in no time. I'm Hadun Gyang. Nasco Cube Sugar is pleasantly sweet and can be used in tea, coffee, pap, and a variety of cereals and beverages. Nasco Cube Sugar can be taken at any time of the day. And what's more, each cube delivers a sweet taste and experience. Really? Nasco Cube Sugar is fortified with vitamin A and dissolves fast. Nasco Cube. Mmm. Nasco Cube Sugar. Sugar. For that sweet taste. Nasco Cube. Nasco Cube Sugar, another quality product from Nasco. Dr. Akinrami, thank you very much for joining us on the Nasco Moment Show. Thank you very much for having me. So, um, why are indigenous languages important? Thank you for that question. 
Well, our indigenous languages are languages that are part of our culture. So we can say that the indigenous language is part of the indigenous culture. And that's where the importance lies. But more than just being part of the culture, the indigenous language is a vehicle for the expression, transmission, and preservation of other aspects of the culture. You know, you have other aspects like the cuisine, the mode of dressing, and some other things, you know, that have to do with the environment in which the language is spoken. So we can say that actually language is the most important badge of our cultural identity. And so every ethnic nationality needs its language to express its culture and to carry that culture into the next generation. That's where indigenous languages are important. Okay, what is the status of Nigeria's indigenous languages now? Well, we can say that all Nigeria's uh, indigenous languages are subordinate to English. English is the dominant language and all other languages, Nigerian languages, are subordinate to English. In addition, we can say that some of our languages have found a profile in education and also in the media, but some do not have any such profile. And some of our languages too, we can say that they are endangered. That does not sound uh, very nice. So, um, you, and you have already said that they are subordinate to English language. Okay, so can we talk about the context of so-called minority against uh, majority languages? Uh, what is the strength of our indigenous languages in this context? Thank you. Our indigenous languages are generally devalued. You know, a language like English is seen to be a language of prestige and economic advancement. If you want to make it, you know, in Nigeria today, you have to have a good knowledge of English. But what of our indigenous languages? They have been devalued in, in the sense that there is no prestige attached to them, either knowing them or using them. And then for the minority languages, they, they have suffered more neglect and relegation than the so-called major languages, because most of them are underdeveloped. Some are not given any attention at all. Some of them have not been written down, no orthography. Some are not, uh, do not have any educational materials developed, you know, using them. So that's the state of our, our languages. Um, what is the cause of uh, language endangerment and disappearance? Thank you. The first cause, which is a major cause, is what is known as lack of intergenerational language transmission. This simply means that a language that is not being passed from one generation to the other is endangered and with time it will disappear. We can also add to that that in some communities you have negative attitudes of community members towards their own language. Some communities look down on their languages, they think another language is better or more prestigious. So that language is endangered and with time the people will abandon it. Then there's also language shift. Language shift means when a people leave their own language and begin to use, you know, another language, that's language shift. And that language shift, you know, doesn't just happen that maybe people wake up and they said they say, okay, we'll not speak our language, we'll speak another language. It may start with, for example, the counting system. People may no longer count in their language. They are still speaking their language, but they've a part of it has been replaced by another language. And then with time, another part, another part, and then they shift completely to another language. And like I said, some languages are not developed. 
no orthography, no documentation, and then lack of profiling, education, and literacy. Those are some of the factors that endanger our languages. Uh, at a point, you said um, these languages have been ne- neglected, no orthography, nothing. Who is supposed to do all this? Hmm. Well, we live in Nigeria. And one of the things we know as Nigerians is that many times we live, we think the government should do some things for us. And the government doesn't do those things. And if those things are things that are very important to us, we better realize that unless we do them, nobody will do them for us. I see a situation in which the cultural organizations, the ethnic organizations, ethnic development associations can look into the language. Most of the time when we say, you know, we have a cultural day, maybe in Zembirum, you know, we, we showcase the cuisine. You see women cooking dishes. We showcase the cultural attire. You see people dressed culturally. And then we speak the language, at least, you know, for that event. But after that event, the language continues. I see a situation in which we can recognize that the cultural associations can invest in the development of the languages. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is the Nasco Moments radio talk show, in case you're just joining us. And it's been an interesting discussion so far. We're talking about rescuing the mother tongue and preventing the extinction of indigenous languages. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Ah, ah, Mama Shakara. Eh? This your shabby city shine. <laughs> and how don't fit? How manage? Ah, my sister. Now, Brightex white detergent. Oh. Brightex detergent, not the fade cloth at all at all. And if they wash clothes clean well, well, it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and soup? No, you know the chop and do. And it's good for washing machine too. Eh? Mama Shakara, me too now Brightex detergent I go to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back. This is the NASCO Moments Show. We've been discussing the endangerment of Nigeria's indigenous languages and how they can be salvaged. Our guest is Dr. Ehoma Akinremi, Head, Department of Linguistics and Nigerian Languages, University of Jos. Um, let's talk a little about language planning now. Would you say that several years of language planning, as I enumerated in the National Policy on Education, has made any impact on indigenous languages of Nigeria? I would like to point out the fact that we have the National Policy on Education, but this policy has been very poorly implemented and uh, there's very little monitoring also. And because of this, it has had very little impact on our indigenous languages. And what the National Policy on Education has has uh, succeeded in doing for some languages, especially the so-called major languages, is that there's been development of curriculum in teaching the major languages, that is teaching the languages. But then, in terms of the use of the languages as media of instruction, very little has been achieved. I'm thinking of maybe teaching science or mathematics using our indigenous languages. That is not really there because we've not developed books and other materials, and then the teachers who will teach the curriculum in those subjects 
using our indigenous languages. Okay. Yes. So there's plenty a lot more that needs to, to be done. Yes. Hmm. What about, uh, can you explain to us the language of the immediate community? What does that mean? And what is the role of um, this language in instruction in our schools as envisaged by the NPE? Thank you. Now let me explain the idea of the language of the immediate community. Now the idea is supposed to deliver to the child the rights and the advantage of being taught in a language that he or she already speaks at home. And this has been proven to achieve the best results in early education, that a child doesn't go to school and a strange language is being used to teach the child. However, in our Nigerian situation, there is no clearly stated criteria for identifying the language of the immediate community. In some states and communities, for example, a state like Kano, a state like Abia or your state, the language of the immediate community can easily be identified. But then, there are some areas of Nigeria that are densely multilingual. And then we also have the urban areas. And it is very difficult to determine what the language of the immediate community is. For example, maybe I'll ask you, <laughs> you ask me a question. I'll answer you with a question. What is the language of the immediate community in JOS? It's very difficult to answer that question. So such gray areas, you know, in the national policy on education need to be sorted out before the benefits of the national policy of, on education as regards the language of the immediate community mm. can be realized. Otherwise, English will continue to enjoy the dominance it currently has over the indigenous languages. Um, can you assess the role of government in the training of teachers who will instruct uh, pupils in primary and junior secondary schools in indigenous languages? Thank you. Now, the government has not done much. And I say that because the government has, through the colleges of education, taught or uh, trained teachers who would teach the major languages as subjects. But teachers who would teach the curriculum using the indigenous languages, like I said, teaching science or mathematics in an indigenous language, we don't have such teachers, at least to the best of my knowledge. And in most cases, the curriculum is not even available in the indigenous languages. I've not gone to bookshops and I've uh, um, seen maybe books, science books, you know, in Hausa or Yoruba or Igbo or any other Nigerian language. So the curriculum is now available in our indigenous languages. So I think the, the government is actually paying lip service to using indigenous languages to teach children in the first three years. But is it the government school? that should develop this curriculum? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, now you have said that our attitude towards our languages is all wrong. There must be factors which have led to the unpopularity of the mother tongue, uh, using it in education as a medium of instruction. With government, policymakers, teachers, parents, pupils, what are these factors? Thank you. With the government, I would say that generally in sub-Saharan Africa, colonial policies have relegated our indigenous languages. Um, unfortunately, most post-colonial governments in Africa have not critically assessed their language policies. Talking about Nigeria, we have approximately 527 languages and we recognize English as the official language and we recognize three national languages. And I would say that this basically reflects the old colonial regional structure. Each of the three major regions, that's before the Midwest joined, you know, let's, we pick a language from there, the regional language. 
Now, if we compare this with South Africa, South Africa has 30 living languages and they have 11 official languages. 11 out of 30. And we have 3 out of 527. So I think for government, government needs to sit down and assess the policy. And then talking about the policy uh, on education, the national policy on education, as I've said, it's not, it's not well implemented. And some aspects are not clearly spelled out. Okay? And let me also talk about parents, teachers, and pupils. The attitudes have been wrong or negative. Parents would ask, what would the child benefit by being taught in the local language when he or she will eventually be using English anyway? Or the parents would say the indigenous languages belong to our grandparents and local people from the village. And the mother tongue becomes unpopular. Uh, this is the Nasco Moments radio talk show, an interesting discussion so far. Please join us as it's not over yet. Flavor you may need. Yes, so crunchy and so creamy. Yes, it's oven fresh and tasty for the young and everybody. Take a bite and get the feeling that you get what you need. For everybody, take it everywhere you go. Grab the taste of quality. Everybody say, Nasco. away with Nasco biscuits today. Nasco cream biscuits, Nasco shortcake biscuits, Nasco cream crackers, Nasco biscuits, cream of biscuits. Welcome back. This is the Nasco Moments radio show and our guest today has been Dr. Ihoma Akimemi, head department of linguistics and Nigerian languages University of Joss and she has educated us so far on how we can well she has told us the problems that uh, and our attitudes towards our mother tongues and how can we rescue our different mother tongues as Nigerians and prevent the extinction of these indigenous languages. Um, what does it mean to say that a language is extinct? Is language extinction sudden, gradual? What can be done to save a language from disappearing? Thank you. Language extinction means that a language no longer has speakers. In other words, the last speaker has died. And it's a very terrible thing, just like a human being dies. When a language dies, it's a very sad thing. But languages don't die suddenly. It's a gradual process. And that gradual process entails fewer and fewer people speaking the language. So if we look at our indigenous languages now, we can say that they are getting extinct. It's you know, instrumental, it's gradual. Because for every generation, you get fewer and fewer people speaking each of our indigenous languages. So the process is on. What could be done to revitalize these ailing or dying indigenous languages and to preserve them? The first is attitudinal change. We need to change the way we think about our languages. Our languages belong to us. They don't belong to some rural people out there in the village. They don't belong to our grandparents and great-grandparents. We need to uh, 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 realize that our languages, you know, are what carry our culture, what drive our culture. So we need to change our attitudes. You see parents, you know, the excuse generally is, uh, you know, we are living in the town, you know, 
maybe everybody speaks English, everybody speaks Hausa and all that. But then, what of parents who are from the same ethnic group and they have their children and in that family, another language is being spoken that it does not belong to the two of them. So we need to change our attitude. And when we do, what will happen is that we, are, we, we will pass our languages to our children. That's another thing we ought to do. In other words, we make conscious efforts to pass our language to our children. Our children pass to their own children and our language is done there. And then we have to invest in language development and documentation. documentation. And as I said earlier, the ethnic associations, I would want to just put this as a challenge. What are we doing about our languages? It's not just enough. We have um, translation boards or committees for the languages on the plateau. But beyond that, what are we doing? Can we, for example, sponsor some, uh, some students to the university to go and learn, study a course like linguistics so that they can come back and do something for us, you know? Still, still on the issue of parents, probably yes. some parents feel that uh, uh, if they don't speak English to their children at yeah. home, yeah. when they go to school, they'll be, you know, behind all those other children who are already speaking English. Exactly. Uh, so it, what is wrong with that kind of thinking? Yes, what is wrong is this. Now, there's something true about that kind of thinking. And what is true is that we start teaching our children in English, we should not be as we have already mentioned. It shouldn't be. Primary one to three, they're supposed to be taught in the mother tongue or the language of the immediate community, whatever that means. All right. But what is wrong with it is this. A child can learn more than one language at a time. Children have been known to learn up to eight languages at the same time. And so you can teach your child your indigenous language and then English. It doesn't stop the child from learning English. Yes. Okay. I think a lot of people need to hear that. Yes. <laughs> what specific steps from the family unit level could be taken to promote and encourage the use of our indigenous languages? Thank you. Let me say that the family has played a major role in endangering our indigenous languages. And the family can do a lot in promoting and revitalizing our languages. And what our families can do is to have a reorientation and attitudinal change. And I want to say to families that it is not enough to wear our cultural attires, eat our cultural food, give our children indigenous names if we do not speak our languages. In fact, some children cannot even pronounce the names their parents have given them because those are deeply cultural names and these children are not speaking the language. You know, so all those things are parts of our culture but they are incomplete without the language being spoken. And I want to encourage families to a conscious and sustained effort to promote the indigenous languages. Conscious means that you have to do it consciously. You have to be aware of what you're doing. Sustained means it's not going to be easy. So the tendency is to start and then stop, maybe after a month or two. But then we have to sustain it. And part of sustaining the promotion of our indigenous languages is having a family language policy. Just like we, we are supposed to have a national language policy. Have a family language policy. What does that mean? It means to, for every family to determine what language is to, is to be spoken at home among family members. And sometimes you see parents speaking the indigenous language to each other and then they speak English or a regional language like Hausa to the children. Mm. You know, if, if the parents agree that in this family, 
this is the language you will speak. Keep it that way. When the children go outside, they can speak any other language. But for the family, let's preserve our indigenous languages. So what would be your advice to parents who, when the mother and the father are from different ethnic groups, <laughs> that's always the excuse exactly. that, okay, they're from different ethnic groups. So what do they teach the child? Yeah, you're coming, you're taking it straight at me <laughs> because <laughs> that's my situation. Now, what I would advise is this, because language cannot be learned in a vacuum. It is good we maintain a relationship with either of the families, you know, uh, the language of which we want our children to learn. If a husband and a wife agree that is the husband's family, that is their language, their family language, then the wife will need to make efforts to learn that language. And then you have to bring in relatives, other people who speak that language. So that between the husband and that relative, the language is heard at home. Because the children can't just learn it when one person is speaking it. They get to know the meaning of expressions in context. Okay. So we have to you know, make that effort, surround the children with that language, people who speak that language. That is another conscious effort exactly. that has to be made. So uh, uh, we're rounding up right now. would like to know uh, anything else you would like to add as we go. Yes, I'll just say something to all of us. As a challenge, do not let your language die with your generation. Pass it to the next generation. If we're all able to do that, then our languages will not be endangered and our languages will not die. Mm, I'd say amen, amen to that. <laughs> Indeed, grateful to you, Dr. Ihoma Akinremi, Head, Department of Linguistics and Nigerian Languages, University of Joss, for your insights on this program. Thank you. It's the Nasco Moments radio show. Uh, we hope that we have assisted you to be ever more conscious about the importance of preserving our indigenous languages. Uh, we've come to the end of the show. Please follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Nasco Group. You can also follow our Twitter handle, which is at Nasco Group. Please send any feedback on the NASCO show to the email marketing at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. We have a NASCO Moments trivia question for you. The question for this week is, what is the total number of languages in Plateau State? Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777. Include your name and location, and you stand to win a gift basket of assorted NASCO products. So we're looking forward to hearing from you. Last week, we asked you, what is the full meaning of the acronym ROI? And the answer is return on investment. Our winners are Deborah Akabogo of Miango Junction and Gift Rufai of Dadunkua. Congratulations to Deborah and Gift We'll call you and let you know how to claim your NASCO gift baskets. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO and it was created by Unimark Limited Marketing Communications Consultants. Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department, Producer Harun Audu. Research and Content Development, Ignatius Usa, Tolu Bakari and Harun Audu. Production Coordinators, Solomon Audu, Tolu Bakari and Ignatius Usa. I'm Hudun Gyang. Speak your language to avoid its extinction and stay out of trouble so we can meet again next week.